everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. But we're not doing it alone today, Colin. Oh, no? No, because we're going to have our friend Mike from Good Morning Greendale back on the show. Boom! Oh, here I am. I've been summoned by James. I'm Mike from <laughs> Mike Snyder from Good Morning Greendale. Absolutely. Uh, good, Welcome. Good evening, though, to you this time, because we're recording us on September 26th, 2021. That James always likes to mention in podcasts. Yeah, I do. Thank you. I do feel like I've been summoned by the Bifrost, which has nothing to uh, do with what we're going to talk about. Or does it have everything to do with it? If it does, oh. I missed it. Uh, I'm well, just going to say go. that. Well, you clearly weren't watching the episode. Then. <laughs> you have to go back and rewatch now. We'll wait. We'll wait. Clearly, I missed the it. The truck is the Bifrost? I'm not really sure how you missed that. It's <laughs> I mean, a if you think truck. about it, the highways. Is it, more of a tr- is it more of a truck than the Jeep? Or what are we talking about? Listen. Okay. Mm, okay. Now, now, the, the Bifrost is a truck. <laughs> <laughs> but the Bifrost is made by Norse people, so that's kind of more truck. Do Norse people have trucks? Mm, Pretty sure they question. do. Let's go to our special guest, Thor. <laughs> wow. I didn't, d- oh, dang, no. oh, I, I, he I'm being overshadowed he on this. Oh. Um, he stormed off. Anyways. <laughs> ah. oh, oh, I get it now. Because of Storm, the X-Men. Yes. Yes, of course. I will say, you know, uh, Mike, could you imagine if you were like, I'm just going to be on a light episode of Timeline Scavengers, and then just straight up Chris Hemsworth was also here with you to say hello, and you were just like, I'm on a what? Why am I suddenly on a podcast uh-huh. with Chris Hemsworth, who also wasn't in this episode? Right. right. I, I would have uh, definitely TV, been I mean. like, I would have definitely been like, I should have shaved and gotten a haircut for this. But it's... It's Chris Helmsworth. Like, I feel like shaving is not no, on the menu. So I can like, look presentable. Because right now I look, look very great. So oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I, that, yeah, I feel like I do feel a little bit uh, scruffy, nerf herder kind of situation. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Who are you calling scruffy? Myself. Oh. <laughs> so today we're talking about, wait, what show do you think we're talking about? That's right. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> season seven, episode one. Uh, if you gave recall, me a little bit of a heart attack. You're like, what show are we talking about? I'm like, I hope it's this oh one. Oh, God, I hope it's this one. <laughs> That's the one I watched. This is starting at 26 minutes and 9 seconds and ending at 27 minutes and 52 seconds. So after everything that's been said and done inside the uh, the crazy canoe and they've gotten in with the password swordfish and everything, and there's all this you know kerfuffle. There's all this stuff going on. They're sitting there. And they're just sort of like kind of staring each other down. Uh, Eric Koenig. Um, no, not that's not the right Koenig. Which Ernest, Koenig is it? Ernest. 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 Ernest Koenig is sitting there. And they're just they're kind of like having like a little like who's going to say what first. And eventually he's like, you come into my place busting up my guys. And like it's really threatening. And here I want to point out that I love Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Yes, of course. I'm, I'm already taking a sidestep from the summary of this episode, but I want to point out that I feel like this scene should be intimidating. Patton Oswalt does not exactly give off the most intimidating 
vibes. So when it's kind of like almost like mob boss style, like you come into my place, busting up my guys. Yeah. You've got but your last ghoul, right? Like that's right. what it feels like it should be. But he's like, you come into my place, but busting yeah. up my guys. Isn't he's that not scarier though. That's scarier no. to me because it's like no. he's not going to shoot me necessarily. He's not going to beat me up. He's a tiny guy. But why? Where did he get all this authority from? Oh man, there's something powerful here I, that I'm not aware of. And it's called a casting director. Um, and <laughs> so, so noted yeah. Northern Virginia, Pat Oswalt. Sure, yeah. oh, we love we love Pat Oswalt. Uh, but uh, I do think that uh, I not, not to we can get back to the summary of what we were talking about. But the, yeah. the thing mm. that I have here is is similar to yours. Uh, he he's not doing an accent. He is talking like nope. Patton Oswalt would be talking. Yes. Yeah. Which is fine, perfectly like that's his voice. Sure. When he says coppers, it <laughs> sounds wrong because he's not doing an accent. But if he did an accent, it would be absolutely incredibly distracting. So is, there's no good answer here. There's no good answer. That's this fair. is my problem with character voices. I don't know if any of either of you or both of you or the whole audience knows. I struggle with character voices to a degree that is upsetting to me when I wake up in a cold sweat at night. Sure. <laughs> I've done one character voice I've been satisfied with, and it was a high school girl, and I'm feeling I feel great about that one that I've chosen, and then that's it. So I you definitely I definitely relate to sounds bad without an accent or a voice. It sound bad with one, so I don't know. Patton Oswald. <laughs> I mean that fits, you know. Yeah. Um I, I agree I agree though, but I I contend that on my end Maybe more than the Koenigs that we meet in the future in the past. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. I found him more intimidating because he wasn't like, a, hey, guys, how's, here's your badge. Sure. He's like. Well, because also he's not necessarily fanboying over Coulson. Right. This is the first Koenig right. that hasn't been like, well, sir, let me get you a lanyard. Right. 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 And it, like, doesn't, it wouldn't make sense if he were. Like, right. they've broken exactly. into his place of business and. Or. Right. or not yeah. broken into, but like kind of busted up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sabotage. You come into my place, right. busting up my guys. You know? Right, like, exactly. And he like calling them candy canes, and that was a, a previous scene. But like, it's funny, and I think that a little bit a funny person in a position of power in an era where killing someone is not unheard of. <laughs> yeah, is 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 scary to me. I guess because like they're smart, but also. uh um, you can't. You, unexpected, I guess, is sort of like sure. So, okay. uh, unpredictable. Sure. Unpredictable is, is the word I'm looking for. Like, so okay. I just don't want to be shot unpredictably or at all. I mean, but. yeah. No, I was gonna say I would like to not be shot whatsoever, but <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, the um, preference is not to be shot, but yeah, okay, you know, fair, 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 fair. Anyways. Yeah. Also, I'm not a not a huge fan of the mustache on Patton Oswalt, but that's that's another. Thing. Yeah, we had a discussion about that as well. It's a weird. Yeah. It's a weird look. Um, I mean, I get it, but like, it's it's of the era, but like, it's uh, right. not great on Patton. That, Would that, you have preferred a Snidely Whiplash, like a more like, <laughs> like a like? See, that's that's a bit too comedic. Yeah, I don't so think nothing? that would work. Would, see, what, I don't know if that would work either. I don't know. I would say either a thicker mustache or again, just don't do one. Like, I get that you're trying to make it seem like he's an older guy. And, and when I say that in quotes, right, it means like old, like older meaning 
time-wise, right, not right, yeah. like age, right? Right. But like, it's weird that you're like, we got to show it to their grandpa. Better put some facial hair on him. <laughs> That's a weird choice. You know what I mean? I, w- I would like, actually love you know, if they were like... It, nothing. He's exactly the same. Same. That's voice. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He should have been exactly like. I mean, he, he just acts differently because he doesn't know them. Like that should be the like, only real difference. But, is he the watcher? What's going on here? Is, yeah, is it the that same? Is kind of. You're getting ahead of yourself. Don't because worry. actually, the um, paintings are sort of like, what's their deal? Like, there's kind of a there lot, constant a like. How many are there? And I like the idea that this could be more of like, yeah, there's one in 1931 too. Who knows? Um. Yeah. Um, Sorry yeah. to keep stepping on you. It's a, your, it's a shame good. that they didn't like have one on ego for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just there have one everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, um, let's, you know, what? I'm all for giving, getting Pat and Oswalt more of that MCU money. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. sure. Yeah. What is the thing where there's a, like I'm going to say franchise? something that sounds so vague, but maybe you guys will pick up. In some movie or TV show, it's probably a movie, there's something in every scene. It's not a rubber duck, but maybe like a Spider-Man. Superman? There's something where it's like, it's not always always part of the plot, but it is in the background. Am I making any... Anyway, I don't know what you're talking about. Do you, I mean, like, do you mean like the uh, the Pizza Planet bus or the car kinda, in like the it's Pixar more movies? Like, I think that Nicolas Cage puts Superman stuff in all of his movies. Like he like sneaks a Superman thing in. But I'm thinking more specifically me. of some movie that I've seen recently where it's like a cup of coffee. Maybe Fight Club has a cup of coffee in every scene or a Starbucks logo in every scene that would actually make sense for fight club i think that's what it is but it's like the idea of like it's not necessarily like i'm drinking a cup of coffee but it's like Patton oswald's canid character is like a person walking by in the crowd on on some planet or like just sort of sure. like working sure, yeah. into everywhere that's that's sort of um Sometimes hey. doesn't even have a line. You just like see him for a edit, yeah. edit generously on what I'm trying to yeah. say here. Sure. And, and Thank you. for a moment there, I thought you were going to say somebody's just taking a sw- sip at a big tall mug of Eric Koenig. Yeah. Listen, yeah. he's a tall drink of well, water. It's not he's a not big tall, tall mug. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is a mug for sure. <laughs> um, so speaking of mugging, he's, mm-hmm. he says the line once again, Man. you come into my place, bust up my guys. And Coulson's like, okay, hang on now. They drew on us. Yeah. Right? Coulson's not usually the kind to be like, like, well, he started it. You yeah. Know, but he definitely at this point is like, well, hang on now. Koenig doesn't necessarily raise his voice, but he does get the, the tood comes out a little bit with, I don't want another interruption out of you. Right? Now, he talks about not wanting to hear you know, any more from him or his shadow. Mac then goes, excuse me? But it feels very weird to, like, once again, brush very gently against someone saying a very racist thing or mm-hmm. doing a racist thing, and then they immediately move on and never address it again. Right. Um, yeah. Now, uh, I don't think that they necessarily should have, and I don't think they necessarily should have ignored it. It doesn't make it any less blah. Yes. Right. It's then weird to paint him as, like, a good guy and have him just being like, I'm going to drop some mild racism into this conversation. I, I, now, this, is, this gets into a thing that um, I'm pretty sure that your favorite problematic has touched on at more than one point, which is 
I think this is authentic. I'm not sure it was necessary. Correct. Yes. That's that was point, that, yeah. that was my next that literally it's like in my notes. So like I usually just put the summary yeah. and then put my notes after. In the middle of my summary, I wrote uh shadow comment racist as hell. What the fuck was that? Yeah. And then saying, why was it necessary? No, I think literally that, what I wrote. Right. And I think that there's I don't think there's I think you could have easily cut it out. And I think it's fine. I think it's yeah. Um, in a couple scenes, actually, literally two scenes from now, Mac is 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 noting all of this, and right, he's going right. to sort of blow up a little bit in in a couple scenes. Um, I think that there's an element of time travel is different for not yes. white men. Very, very, Correct. very true. And I think that. Maybe one of like all right, hey, uh, I don't know if anyone has met the character before, but Optimus James here, no character voice, just a different point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in an optimistic way, they could be saying, "Hey, look, it's you know, ooh, ah, it's not black and white. I'm so whatever. Oh yeah, the clothes are so whatever. It's not great to go back in time as 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 a black person, even." no matter how far back in time you go, frankly. Like, True, because right. we're still not great about it here in right. America, even right. in 2021. So exactly. it's like going so, back to 1931 is surely not better whatsoever. I mean, like we've kind of already addressed it as well with Daisy too, right? Just being just a woman. Yeah. Like she's still, you know, white passing because she's mixed. Sure. Um, but like she's still, you know, you know, passes mostly Caucasian. Right. Um, but like she has already gotten the sort of the sexist commentary. Uh, and so, yeah, it, time travel is un, like just not good for anyone. And like that's also a, a, a rule of time travel that I feel like never really gets – not a rule, but you know what I'm saying, like a, a part of time travel that never seems sure. to be addressed. It's like most of your time travel stories are of like white folks being like, let's go back, right? Like if Doc Brown right. said that to anyone else, they'd be like, are you crazy? Like they would have been – be like, you're out of your mind, but like – this white teenage boy is like, of course, yeah, yeah. you know, Doc, right. like, let's go back and let's do this thing. It's like, right. to the yeah, 1950s buddy, there's no where, consequences. Right. Yeah. The right. only black and, man and in I, the scene gets to be mayor eventually and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, I do love what James asked because it's authentic, but is it necessary? And I, it, it does feel like it could be like somebody in the writer's room being like, hey, w- w- I know this sucks, but we need yeah. to address this because if we don't, then we're missing a golden opportunity to address this for a future facing audience. Right. And maybe there was a person of color in that writer's room. I don't know. Um, and uh, possibly, the- probably, probably am being over optimistic. I've also got my optimistic hat. On. I think that but, there yeah. were some, um, uh, Asian, um, individuals that were writers okay. and creators of the show. Um, okay. Yeah. Which is Fair not enough. to say that people of color are people of color that, you that's know, whatever, but that's a good point, right? Well, but, but I also mean, like they, that I think understanding more... of of that yeah. oppression right. and being able Correct. to say, "Hey, sure. you know, this is happening to Mac." Hey, you know? also, right. real quick, um, the uh, Watchmen from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. is great for um, people of color time traveling. So, if listeners, you are looking for something, Watchmen of a couple years ago cannot say that more that was the hbo series the hbo series not necessarily other things that are not maybe as 
Great. Right. I mean, okay. yes. Yeah. But I understand. The, yep. The, the one from HBO is very interesting when it comes to people of color time traveling. So, um, right. Yeah. Okay. It's, you know, I think though that like, uh, it's a very tough discussion, right. To have, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll, I'll move on from it in just a moment, but like basically my last commentary on it was that people frequently talk about, you know, they would like to see more, uh, stories of really any, you know, community of color, um, that doesn't deal with like trauma sure. and, uh, and like that sort of history, like there can be success, but I also get that like, it also would be probably very out of place, unfortunately, for just every single white character in this show to pass by this gentleman and like be like, this is normal because unfortunately, yeah, it you know, it just wasn't, you know. So sure. anyway, so I it's think, like it's that yeah. thing of well, it's a very tough and it's call. the Apu thing again, where yes. it's like if you have lots and lots and lots of stories of people of color then you can have stuff about trauma and stuff not about trauma. And it doesn't, it's not like here's the one about trauma and here's the one right. not about trauma. If you can have like, it's, it's like a a just a, you know, thing. here's the whole slew of stuff on the spectrum of, you know, trauma to not trauma, then right. Right. Then you don't have to be the one that does Correct. one or the other. So now that we're out of that good part discussion. of the notes, back, Back to yeah, good discussion. Solve back. Cut it. Cut it. L- cut it, L- cut it no. Cut it. Let's let's all handshake and say we did a good discussion, guys. Great job, men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great job, white men from 2021. We did it. We've, We've solved, solved it. it. Uh, I knew podcasts were the way. Yep. Uh, okay, so back to the summary. At the bar, uh, Koenig is now telling Colson and McKenzie that he was bribing the police officers to look the other way while he was supplying illegal alcohol to a party for the governor of New York, Franklin D. Roosevelt. <gasps> My um, thing. Scoreboard. Yeah, James. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they they kind of go back and forth, and there's a really cheeky and, like, cool way for them to, like, sneak their way in without saying, hey, we're from the damn future, right? right. So, like, he's talking about, well, no, no, you can't be part of this because I get it from my guys upstate. They're like, well, where do you think your guys get it from upstate? And he's like... Okay. All right. You could. Okay. You could be on the up and up. And so they, because they clearly have information, right? Right. And then they say that they've like lost something. Basically, they don't really mean that they've lost someone in the fight that just happened. But it's that thing of like they have lost someone recently in a different way. So they kind of they just sort of like let the words have a different meaning for Mm -hmm. them. And he's like, oh, you guys lost a guy too. (sighs) Okay. You know what? Yeah. All right. So like he starts kind of opening up as he's like, oh, you seem trustworthy because we've now had somewhat similar experiences. And so now <laughs> I can you know, tell you about this. So he's also trying to make himself seem much more impressive. He's sure. like, oh, well, I mean, I am a good guy, clearly, because I took Freddie off of the street here. And now Freddie has a place to live for free at a discounted rate. Uh, and then you know, he's like, you know, talking about, you know, all this other stuff. <laughs> and Freddie's and, like, you know, shut up. And Freddie's yeah, like, okay, that out, yeah. please, yeah, for, please, please stop talking about it. But anyway, <laughs> so Freddie uh, then drops a bottle, and Kane gets up to yell at him. Uh, he's like, "Oh, you're like, I mean, this isn't the exact sentence, but it's essentially like, I was just talking good about you, and then you do this, like, like you embarrass me in front of my new friends, right?" Um, and during that time, Colson uh, is like, "Okay, hey, I think the Chronicoms are planning to hit FDR at the party." 
he's the one who, after he becomes president next year, and then eventually he goes on to form the FSR, which, of course, obviously then later on becomes S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. So they, ipso facto, come to the whole, like, plot and point, or so they believe, of the entire story and yeah. evening. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will and, say that it, it, the only thing that they care about is the SSR and not like the New Deal or, you know, having competent leadership through World War II. I will say that they, in maybe not a scene that we do, to, is it, I, they talk about like the New Deal rules, Mac talks about the stuff. We've for, already talked about it. For, okay. It doesn't Coulson come out after a, all this, but they do. Colson makes oh, right. a, a joke later on and no one, and everyone just kind of stares at him blankly. So... Uh, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we will. No, uh, the thing is, I think they do talk about it. The, the only reason why things like that aren't as important in this particular situation is the Chronicoms are after S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. They're I kind see. Of, they're, the Chronicoms are kind of like, it doesn't fucking matter what happens in World War II. We're after what's happening right now with like these people. Like, we want to make this group not exist later. Right. It's like they're kind of trying to change time specifically to screw S.H.I.E.L.D. I right. see. Right. Um, so that's why they're like very clearly like putting it in to their own terms. It's not like, you know, how like white dudes love to center the things around them. Um, it's not that I, I promise that okay. it is very much them. Like, it's not like someone going, y'all aren't actually as important. They're like, shush, shush. Yes, we are. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> how do we make this about us? No, no, it's, it is actually, they are specifically there because the Chronicons are like actually gotcha. after them. So, yeah. Uh, and that's that's that whole section. There was nothing really to look up. I I was like really kind of curious if FDR started something that I could go. I wonder if that could have looked like Shield, but it is a really weird thing to say. Like when you're googling, because I I mean I did Google it to be clear, and I found nothing when I was trying to find like what government programs did FDR start that's like Shield, and Google was like. What are you talking about, my guy? Like that means nothing to me. Did you look up like, the, like the CIA and stuff? Yes, we talked about that in a different episode as well, actually. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, no, it was just like Tim being like, "What does what does this question mean?" I'm like, you know, this fictional thing. They're like, mm-hmm, the thing that's not based on anything, and you're like, uh, <laughs> delete history, and then you just shut off the computer. <laughs> and it's, this it's is weird why that librarians are so crucial. Yeah, and and Google is apparently very rude. Yeah, mm, yeah, that's so true. Google Google is like super judgmental. <laughs> Screw Google. More like um, Screw. Oh, that's good. No, that's Yugle. good. Um, Scroogle. <laughs> that sounds um, like a fun party game. Yeah, that does actually. That does sound like a, a specific like kind of party. Yeah. Oh no! Now that you say it like that, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, well, anyway, that was all I really had because, like, we don't really have anything specifically yeah. from this story. I will say the one thing that is interesting, though, is that Colson has been shotgunned, grazed at the arm, and, like, no one's noticed that the man's not bleeding, Yeah, it feels like. So, like, well, no one's, like, thought for a second to be like, wait a minute, there's a very clear tear in your jacket. How are you not, like, bleeding and, like, in pain? And, like, no one stops to think about that because then... I guess that you kind of had to suspend the belief a little bit so you don't have to go, hello, 1931, I'm a robot man. Right. Well, they, um, he also said, I can't be killed out loud in a room full of people. And no one's like, and then he wasn't. No one? <laughs> anyone? No? no? 
Okay. That's probably why Freddie dropped it. Freddie was just still thinking about that and just was like, oh my God, he's robot, dropped it. And he's like, why are you dropping the liquor? And you're like, uh, uh, uh. It's, it's a robot. Got, um, it's a yeah. robot, man. He's like, Freddy just I don't even out. know what that word means because yeah. it's 1931. Robot. Um, do they know what robots are actually in 1931? They probably hadn't even. In- oh, for sure. Yeah, War of the Worlds and stuff. Automa. They probably called them automatons. Yeah. That's the robot was probably more of a Asimov 40s, 50s thing. Also, people that say robot crack me up because I don't yeah. like it, but it is funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, it just it just, all it does for me is remind me of Zoidberg. Sure. Interesting. Okay, I just did a very quick Google. <laughs> Love it. Was it a good Google? It was a good Google and not a sad Google. Well, that's good. Um, Always good when it's a good Google and not a sad Google. Yeah. So it was, uh, thank you, Yule Brothers. Um, uh, <laughs> trademark to you. I, I understand. Uh, so we love it finish actually, it here. Or to us. We own it now. Yep. Screw you. Is it a good Google or a sad Google? Hey, we just hope it's not a bad was a good google it does have some early legends stuff like that but you're right it is all like automata stuff yeah there's nothing about like those those are sort of like the precursors to robots but like no one was using the literal term robot um they said that although they don't use the word robot uh in the 1900s l frank Baum introduced contemporary technology into children's books in the oz series uh the tin woodman was really more of a cyborg than anything else. Right. Um, yeah. Cause in, in the story, because, I think he, he got his part slowly replaced by tin, right? Yes. Because yeah. he was a human woodcutter who had yeah. cut his limbs, head and body and replaced by a tinsmith after his wicked axe had suffered them. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. And then, I didn't know that much enough, about Oz. <laughs> TikTok, uh, has also made an appearance in the 1900s. So TikTok's actually been around for a long time. The very popular app. no, it's spelled the same way, but it is uh, actually a copper clockwork man who needs to be continuously wound up and runs down an inopportune, same. inopportune moment, <laughs> um, which is tight. Uh, now, the only other one that I was really wanted to point out, uh, there's there's two, actually, I guess, that, that are become relevant. Uh, one is in 1910s. In World War One. remote control weapons were used based on the work of Nikola Tesla. Nice. Okay. Uh, so they weren't lesson. quite robots, but they were trying, they like, like as like human type things, but right. uh, automated weapons like attached to boats uh, and stuff like that. Like almost like the first drone. Yeah, was yeah that's boat, what I was thinking. Electric boats that could be re- uh, remotely controlled by radio. Um, and then uh, finally, actually in the 1930s, uh, early, the earliest designs of industrial robots were put into production in the United States. These manipulators had joints modeled on human shoulder, arm, wrist kinetics to re- uh, replicate human motion like pulling, pushing, pressing, and lifting. This is in 1938, though. So this is still at least seven years away. And in 1939, the humanoid robot known as Electro appeared at the World's Fair. So that's pretty interesting. Like, it does it does eventually come up. But the first, like, true robot, like, that we know of is is there is robot um, from a from a an acronym or a russian word or some sort of initialism can you see that actually no you know what it is it is technically i think based off of a uh robot which is a um, fr- russian word i mean uh let's see or check rather okay uh it is robot yeah, you, no, you should check because you have the um the is, website open 
Yeah, it's Corv, Corvette. Oh, I see what you did there, James. Wait, what? You said it's Czech, and I said, no, you should check because you have the website open. <laughs> oh, hold on. I'm getting something. All our Czech Republic fans are gone. So, Corv, I don't know how to quite pronounce this, but okay. like Corvée, it's it's two E's, but one of the E's has a fancy sign. Okay, Corvée, yeah, yeah. Is a, uh, is a form of unpaid or forced labor. Okay. Um. So, it was like using that that term like uh, like basically beings that uh were manufactured to perform unpleasant manual labor so because they can't feel discomfort they can't do like okay. it's not necessarily considered unpleasant to them okay so they filled that role yeah so it, it was invented by like a czech guy carl capic copic karel jesus christ i'm sorry i'm butchering this man's name k-a-r-e-l c with a little u over it a-p-e-k Ooh, yep. That's no clue how to say that. Sorry, Chris Kirkpatrick. Uh, but did write something called Rossum's Universal Robots. It was a satire. Okay. And they were uh, designed in this way to do these things. That um, so, so it was so robot comes from a, from someone making fun of the real thing, like the word robot. That's yeah, pretty that's much. Awesome. Like that is pretty funny. <laughs> I don't remember what we, we we touched on something and I was like, oh, okay, we're going to let's find out about robots. And then, oh, 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 cut all those those out. I didn't comment on this because I forgot. Uh, I think it was last episode when when Colson does take that shotgun or whatever. He's like, I can't be killed. And I didn't point out my favorite Mac line in that scene. He's like, well, hell, I can. And just the delivery That's of that fine. line just tickled me. To a point where I wrote it in my notes and then forgot about it. So I love Matt because he has such a deep, booming voice. Yeah. I do love when he's like, I'm scared, man. Yeah. I'm scared. Like, you see just a giant mountain of a man be like, I'm terrified of this. Right. You're like, that's good shit. Right I here. don't that's, like that's robots. Cool. Oh, God. He yeah. doesn't like robots. That's the thing. He does not like robots. Okay. Uh, I have a question. Oh, yeah. And that'll be the last okay. thing I have for this. Uh, I, I kind of this is somewhat similar to something I'd asked Tracy about uh, recently, um, but I feel like it's still relevant with this scene, right? So like, okay, they have this whole thing where like they've been trying to piece together why they're truly there, right? And they're like, okay, we know that they're trying to destroy Shield, but why would they come to 1931? Mm-hmm. And then they hear the fact that there's going to be this party, and they're like, FDR, okay, FDR helps create Shield, okay, so clearly they're going to go after FDR. What is, like, let's say someone were to come up to you and say, Mike, I need you to go back back in time with me to solve a mystery. Someone's trying to change the change history, but we don't know what they're going to do. We just know what year they're at. Okay. Right. And so they take you to some year, right? What is like a major event that you, or some sort of, you know, piece of information that you know about that you could go back in time and use your expertise to like save the day on? So... So my areas of expertise are very modern, okay. um, computers, uh, code, and what have you, and uh, sports. Mm-hmm. Those are, uh, and not. Let me be be clear: not playing sports, but watching sports. Right. I am very sure. good at watching sports. I've heard that about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I've been watching a lot of Jaguars games this year. Oh, boy. how we doing? How we doing? Bad. Yeah, how, you having fun today? No. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, to be, to I be legitimately clear, chose to be somewhere else and do somewhere something else during this game. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. 
Yeah, today we are recording on a Sunday, and uh, just earlier today they lost. Pretty yeah. Well, so. I mean, they have an 18-game losing streak. Of course they lost. Um, so it's tradition so now. It, there it is. Uh, so it, if I was thinking maybe if I knew something, I could go back to like the first Super Bowl and solve mm. some kind of mystery around Bart Starr, possibly. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe go back to uh, the time of Ada Lovelace sure. or uh, or uh, Alan Turing and help him figure out, help them figure out something computational of some kind. Now, Mike, I, I'd like to bring up another area of your expertise. Um, that I'm really, really upset that you haven't brought up yet on our show. Oh, I uh, well, I'm I'm first off, I I'm sorry, uh, I did not realize that that it's hurt you so much. So, what if someone is trying to disrupt the Doctor Demento show in 1976? Oh yes, I have forgotten my expertise of Weird Al. Yeah, please. Uh, yes, I would definitely. If somebody was going to be like, I am going to make Weird Al not make a eat it. I'm mm-hmm. going to be like, well, I'm going back in time and making making sure that Weird Al writes eat it. His name is Normal Al and he does normal music. No, not normal. That was very satisfying. That was very good and very satisfying because Norm is also a name, but normal. It's true. I just I'm I, I'm going to relish that one. For a little bit after we record, I'm just gonna sort of savor sure, the yeah. flavor a little bit of that one. You, you gotta you gotta go to your pun your pun chair and just kind mm-hmm. of like the lean back bowl. and yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, well you know I think that that's probably a good spot for James to do the final segment of this episode, so we can get out of this one. Hey Colin, do you want me to go do the music of 1931 real quick? <laughs> And that's all that I have for this episode. So, James, why don't you hit us with the music of 1931? So, this the song we're going to do is called um, The Harp That Once Through Tara's Halls. And it's by a guy named John McCormick. He was an Irish tenor celebrated for his performances of the operatic and popular song repertoires and renowned for his diction and breath control. He was also a papal count. Now, I didn't search too deep into what a papal count is, but as near as I can tell, and please correct me if anyone here knows, it's like a count, but for God. It's like you're like, like you're like royalty, like you've been knighted, but the king is the pope, and I'm pretty sure that's correct. So. Um, Seems fine to me. That is what I got from that. He was one of those, and so he was kind of, you know, big deal in uh, Catholicism. And so then uh, it says he became a naturalized American citizen before returning to live in Ireland, which makes makes a lot of sense. Um, so the the title is literally just the first line of the song, uh, which the first line is the harp that went through terrace halls. The soul of music shed now hangs as mute on Tara's walls as if that soul were fled, etc., etc. Um, basically, it's about Tara. It's a, it says Tara, of course, is the mysterious hilltop castle that was home to Irish high kings. It actually existed somewhere in what is now County Meath from very ancient times, well before the time of St. Patrick in 432, until its destruction probably in the 6th century, but in any case, well before the death of High King Brian Boru on the battlefields of Clontarf in 1014. 
There's a lot of history that I've never heard of, and I gotta, I gotta say that that is indeed what uh, is going on here. In the poem, written while Ireland was still under an unwelcome British rule, Thomas More, who wrote the poem that the song was based on, uh, lets Tara symbolize the seat of Irish government and the rule of Ireland. The harp is the traditional musical instrument of Ireland, which symbolizes the Irish people, culture, and spirit. Um, it says... The British arrived in Ireland in 1172 and took the island by force, an unwelcome colonial power, power ruling the Irish people for 750 brutal years. Despite numerous abortive rebellions, Irish independence was not wrested from England until 1922. Although Tara was... It might be Tara. Anyways. Was actually demolished several centuries before the arrival of the British, Moore invites the reader to imagine a figurative Tara that still exists. Actually, you know what I just realized in the middle of this? This is probably why the um, place in Gone with the Wind is called Terra. Um, is because they were Irish in origin. And so this is mm -hmm. a tribute to that. Um, shout out to Aaron who doesn't listen to the show. But the soul of Ireland, the harp, is not permitted to express itself there. And so hangs mute and unused on the wall. The pride and glory of self-rule are gone. And the only chord that sounds at night is when some brave individual asserts his or her freedom in the face of brutal oppression. This is the poetry of which revolution is born. Is and that I was the like, secret chord that David played? Uh, that no, the Lord? that is uh, from a different continent and a different religion in a different century. Um, okay. Well, but you know, close, you know. very close. Um, actually, yeah. But so, I mean, like, I was like, okay, so it's like this weird, obscure history thing. And then the last two sentences, I was like, oh, so it's like a subversive. Okay, that's actually really kind of cool. Um, but basically, the whole deal with this is that John McCormick was this famous Irish tenor who this was kind of like a stand, like a hymn, basically, based on a poem that he sort of made famous in 1931. Lots of other people have done it. It's sort of a standard. Um, but I thought it was very interesting to find the origins of that were written, like the song was, the words were written a long, long ago. And then in 1931, this guy who was Irish American uh, made it famous. So that is John McCormick with, and that's the music of 1931. Hey, Colin. Yes. Shall I move us into social media? Yes, please. Great. We are on Twitter as a podcast at Timeline Scav. We're also part of the Scavengers Network, which you can find on Twitter at Scavengers Net. Uh, you can find us also individually on Twitter. I am at Unabashed James. Hey, Colin, where are you at? I am at Colin M. Parker. And our guest, Mike, where I want you to name up to two places that people can find you on Twitter, if you'd like. Uh, just to narrow it down, that's difficult. But uh, <laughs> you can find my podcast, Good Morning Greendale, uh, at Good Greendale. And you can find me at T-H-E-G-I-G-G-A-S. Perfect. Well... We're going to keep the list of Twitter names that you should know rolling. Uh, if you want to find the composer of our intro and outro music, Nick Bramald, he's on Twitter at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D, or you can find him uh, at his website, nickbramaldcomposer.co.uk. Um, I want to tell you about our Patreon real fast, which is patreon.com slash the scavengers network, where for $2 a month or more, as Tracy always reminds me to say, you can bet up to... You can pledge up to and even more than a million dollars if you so choose. Um, but That's true. I specifically set it to an unlimited uh, number. There you go. 
So, but for a minimum of $2 a month, you can get access to all sorts of bonus content put out by us. More and more as, as we get going, um, we're sort of slow rolling our bonus content. Some bonus content that we're gonna do from this show, ideally once a year, that we're working on now. Um, we're recording soon and it's gonna be up eventually, probably a little bit after this episode comes out. Um, yep. I'm just gonna give you just because Mike's here and I'm feeling special, Ooh. Timeline Scavengers Annual Number One. That's all I'm gonna say. Ooh. Well, I'm intrigued. Listen, that's gonna do it for today. This has been a oh, bit of a wild episode. We're in a bar. We're kind of having some 1931s fun time sort of deal. Not talking about trucks or automotives at all, weirdly. But um, that's gonna do it for us for today. Uh, but please join us next time. As always, I am James Anderson. And I'm Colin Parker. And I am Mike Snyder. Excelsior! We're a group of out-of-control, totally wild writing rebels. Do you find that writing about these themes kind of helps you work through that fear or, or grapple with it or understand it better? Yeah, but sometimes we get crazy. Even though I didn't get to explore it as much as I'd like, I've realized that I made something I really like. I've had all these kind of half-formed ideas of, like, stories, and so... Yeah. Now I feel like those stories have a home. Wet Hot American Moon Juice, a NaNoWriMo podcast for all stages of the writing journey. Look, I'm so tired. I <laughs> time, is, time is nothing but words to me now. <laughs> <laughs>